Hello and thank you for listening. I am so excited to say that I now have a Patreon that you can go to. I'll make sure I include the information in the show notes. But I have multiple tiers you can choose from. $1, $3, and $5 tiers. The $1 Spooky Soul tier gives you access to an online Discord community that is filled with fellow spooky souls. If you want to talk about creepy, cozy things, you might be interested in that. The $2 Cryptid Creature tier lets you have that online community, as well as giving you early access to episodes, bonus content, and secret bonus content. And the $5 Kachu Cuddler tier, named after my fluffy, squish-faced kitty, lets you have that online community, early access to episodes, and the bonus material, but it also lets you suggest future episodes and I'll shout out your name during each episode. Thank you so much for your listenership and support, and I can't wait to talk to you more soon. Hello, and welcome to Creepy Core and Folklore, the show about creatures, encounters, old tales, and myths. I'm your host, Iona Wayland a dark fantasy author, mental health professional, and overall curious person. I want to join other spooky souls and hear about these unusual stories. Hello, spooky soul, and welcome back to part two of The Yellow Wallpaper, where I will be reading... The Yellow Wallpaper by Charlotte Perkins Stetson. And if you haven't heard part one, you can go back to last week and listen to part one. Or maybe you've already read this short story, but I was really excited when I learned that it was part of public domain. I don't know why I didn't think of that sooner. And it's something that um, Amazon has kind of been suggesting like, oh, if you like the Yellow Wallpaper short story, you'll like Ashes. Or if you like Ashes, you'll probably like the yellow wallpaper short story. And I thought that was really cool. So I was gonna, so I started reading it out to kind of celebrate Halloween Eve. I hope you had a really good Halloween, by the way, if you celebrate. Um, I'd love to know if you dressed up as anything, if you celebrated at all, if you did anything harvest related, if you're a farm folk like myself, (laughs) if you have kiddos, if they dressed up or got candy or anything, I would love to know. Or if you decided to hand out candy or not celebrate at all and just kind of sit at home and have some hot chocolate, I think that's pretty great too. But October was a really big month. I know I've said it before, but I was planning on releasing my sequel, but with Um, becoming a parent in medical emergencies. It just like wasn't feasible. So I decided to release merch last month. I decided to uh, upload videos to YouTube to try my hand at YouTube videos. You can check those out if you'd like. Um, I've been ghost hunting a bit more and it's really cool. Um, And I'm meeting a lot of cool people and, and people have been really supportive. And so it's been really fun. So I'd love to hear about how your October went because this was a pretty big month for me personally. As a quick recap, this woman who has remained nameless thus far is making these secret diary entries um, because she just had a baby and her husband, who is a physician, is renting out this giant estate for the next three months so that she can recover postpartum. Um, However, she's letting her husband know and her brother know who are they're both physicians that she is feeling 
off and she says there's quote something wrong with her I just know it end quote and no one has been listening to her and there's this kind of equal parts there's nothing wrong with you you need to get over this as well as at the same time if you don't get better soon I'm gonna send you away kind of mentality here and she keeps like making these suggestions like I really want to write and she's told not to I really want to have visitors she's told no um, I really want to have a downstairs bedroom and the husband's like no I know what's best for you you're gonna stay in this yellow wallpapered bedroom and she's starting to kind of see figures in the wallpaper she's like intrigued but also like repulsed by the, the yellow wallpaper as well because there are all these like chunks missing from it and the bed is kind of scratched up to the point where they had to nail it down and there's like all these weird patterns all over the place that you can't quite follow there's like a pattern but yet it's not identifiable so she's been kind of feeling exhausted and just trying to follow that pattern with her eyes and that's where we left off the last time I don't know why I should write this. I don't want to. I don't feel able. And I know John, who's the husband, would think it absurd. But I must say that I feel and think in some way it is such a relief. But the effort is getting to be greater than the relief. Half the time now, I am awfully lazy and lie down ever so much. John says I mustn't lose my strength and has me take cod liver oil and lots of tonics and things to say nothing of ale and wine and rare meat. Oh yeah, that's something else I forgot to mention is that he gives her like medicine that she's supposed to take every hour on the hour. And she's not quite sure what it is, but she trusts that her husband is giving her the correct thing. Dear John, he loves me very dearly and hates to have me sick. I tried to have a real earnest, reasonable talk with him the other day and tell him how I wish he would let me go and make a visit to cousin Henry and Julia. But he said I wasn't able to go nor able to stand it after I got there, and I did not make out a very good case for myself, for I was crying before I had finished. It is getting to be great effort for me to think straight. Just this nervous weakness, I suppose, and dear John gathered me up in his arms and just carried me upstairs and laid me on the bed, and sat by me and read to me till it tired my head. He said I was his darling and his comfort and all he had and that I must take care of myself for his sake and keep well. He says no one but myself can help me out of it, and I must use my will and self-control and not let any silly fancies run away with me. There's one comfort, the baby is well and happy and does not have to occupy this nursery with the horrid wallpaper. If we had not used it, that blessed child would have. What a fortunate escape. Why, I wouldn't have a child of mine, an impressionable little thing, live in such a room for worlds. I never thought of it before. But it is lucky that John kept me here after all. I can stand it so much easier than a baby, you see. Of course, I never mention it to them anymore. I am too wise, but I keep watch of it all the time. There are things in that paper that nobody knows but me or ever will. Behind that outside pattern, the dim shapes get clearer every day. It is always the same shape, only very numerous. And it is like a woman stooping down and creeping about behind that pattern. I don't like it a bit. I wonder, I begin to think, I wish John would take me away from here. It is so hard to talk with John about my case because he is so wise and because he loves me so. But I tried it last night. It was moonlight. The moon shines in all around just as the sun does. I hate to see it sometimes. It creeps so slowly and always comes in by one window or another. 
John was asleep and I hated to waken him, so I kept still and watched the moonlight on that undulating wallpaper till I felt creepy. The faint figure behind seemed to shake the pattern just as if she wanted to get out. I got up softly and went to feel and see if the paper did move, and when I came back, John was awake. What is it, little girl, he said. Don't go walking about like that, you'll get cold. I thought it was a good time to talk, so I told him that I really was not gaining here, and that I wished he would take me away. Why, darling, he said he, our lease will be up in three weeks, and I can't see how to leave before. The repairs are not done at home, and I cannot possibly leave town just now. Of course... If you were in any danger, I could and would, but you really are better, dear, whether you can see it or not. I'm a doctor, dear, and I know. You are gaining flesh and color. Your appetite is better. I feel really much easier about you. I don't weigh a bit more, said I, nor as much, and my appetite may be better in the evening when you are here, but it is worse in the morning when you're away. Bless her little hearts, said he with a huge hug. She shall be as sick as as she pleases. But now let's improve the shining hours by going to sleep and talking about it in the morning. And you won't go away? I asked gloomily. Why, how can I, dear? It is only three weeks more. And then we will take a nice little trip for a few days while Jenny is getting the house ready. Really, dear, you are better. Better in body, perhaps. I began and stopped short for he sat up straight and looked at me with such a stern, reproachful look that I could not say another word. My darling, said he. I beg of you for my sake and for our child's sake, as well as for your own, that you will never for one instant let that idea enter your mind. There is nothing so dangerous, so fascinating to a temperament like yours. It is a false and foolish fancy. Can you not trust me as a physician when I tell you so? So of course I said no more on that score, and he went to sleep before long. He thought I was asleep first. But I wasn't, and I lay there for hours trying to decide whether that front pattern and the back pattern really did move together or separately. On a pattern like this, by daylight, there's a lack of sequence, a defiance of law that is a constant irritant to a normal mind. The color is hideous enough and unreliable enough and infuriating enough, but the pattern is torturing. You think you have mastered it, but just as you well underway in following, it turns a back somersault and there you are. It slaps you in the face, knocks you down, and tramples upon you. It is like a bad dream. The outside pattern is a florid arabesque reminding one of a fungus. If you can imagine a toadstool in joints, an interminable string of toadstools budding and sprouting in endless convolutions, why, that is something like it. That is, sometimes. There is one marked peculiarity about this paper and a thing nobody seems to notice but myself, and that is that it changes as the light changes. When the sun shoots in through the east window, I always watch for that first long, straight ray It changes so quickly that I never can quite believe it. That is why I watch it always. By moonlight, the moon shines in all night when there is a moon. I wouldn't know it was the same paper. At night, in any kind of light, in twilight, candlelight, lamplight, and worst of all, by moonlight, it becomes bars. The outside pattern, I mean, and the woman behind it is plain as can be. I didn't realize for a long time what the thing was that showed behind that dim sub-pattern, 
but now I'm quite sure it is a woman. By daylight, she is subdued, quiet. I fancy it is the pattern that keeps her so still. It is so puzzling, it keeps me quiet by the hour. I lie down ever so much now. John says it is good for me and to sleep all I can. Indeed, he started the habit by making me lie down for an hour after each meal. It is a very bad habit, I am convinced, for you see I don't sleep. And that cultivates deceit, for I don't tell them I am awake. Oh no. The fact is, I'm getting a little afraid of John. He seems very queer sometimes, and even Jenny has an inexplicable look. It strikes me occasionally, just as scientific hypothesis, that perhaps it is the paper. I've watched John when he did not know I was looking and come into the room suddenly on the most innocent excuses. And I've caught him several times looking at the paper and Jenny too. I caught Jenny with her hand on it once. She didn't know I was in the room. And when I asked her in a quiet, a very quiet voice with the most restrained manner possible, what she was doing with the paper, she turned around as if she'd been caught stealing and looked quite angry, asked me why I should frighten her so. Then she said that the paper stained everything it touched, that she had found yellow smooches all over my clothes and John's, and she wished we would be more careful. Did not that sound innocent? But I know she was studying that pattern, and I am determined that nobody shall find it out but myself. Life is very much more exciting now than it used to be. You see, I have something more to expect, to look forward to, to watch. I really do eat better and am more quiet than I was. John is so pleased to see me improve. He laughed a little the other day and said I seemed to be flourishing in spite of my wallpaper. I turned it off with a laugh. I had no intention of telling him that it was because of the wallpaper. He would make fun of me. He might even want to take me away. I don't want to leave now until I have found it out. There is a week more, and I think that will be enough. I'm feeling so much better. I don't sleep much at night, for it is so interesting to watch the developments, but I sleep a good deal in the daytime. In the daytime, it is tiresome and perplexing. There are always new shoots in the fungus and new shades of yellow all over it. I cannot keep count of them, though I have tried conscientiously. It is the strangest yellow, that wallpaper. It makes me think of all the yellow things I ever saw. Not beautiful ones like buttercups, but old, foul, bad yellow things. But there's something else about that paper and smell. I noticed at the moment we came into the room, but with so much air and sun, it was not bad. Now we have had a week of fog and rain, and whether the windows are open or not, the smell is here. It creeps all over the house. I find it hovering in the dining room, skulking in the parlor, hiding in the hall, lying in wait for me on the stairs. It gets into my hair. Even when I go to ride, if I turn my head suddenly and surprise it, there's that smell. Such a peculiar odor, too. I've spent hours in trying to analyze it, to find what it smelled like. It is not bad at first, and very gentle, but quite the subtlest, most enduring odor I ever met. In this damp weather, it is awful. I wake up in the night and find it hanging over me. It used to disturb me at first. I thought seriously of burning the house to reach the smell. But now I'm used to it. The only thing I can think of that it is like is the color of the paper, a yellow smell. There's a very funny mark on this wall, low down near the mop board. A streak that runs around the room. It goes behind every piece of furniture. 
except the bed, a long, straight, even smooch, as if it had been rubbed over and over. I wonder how it was done and who did it and what they did it for, round and round and round, round and round and round. It makes me dizzy. I really have discovered something at last. Through watching so much at night, when it changes so, I finally found out. The front pattern does move, and no wonder, the woman behind shakes it. Sometimes I think there are a great many women behind, and sometimes only one, and she crawls around fast, and her crawling shakes it all over. Then, in the very bright spot, she keeps still, and in the very shady spot, she just takes hold of the bars and shakes them hard. And she is all the time trying to climb through, but nobody could climb through the pattern. It strangles so. I think that is why it has so many heads. They get through, and then the pattern strangles them off and turns them upside down and makes their eyes white. If those heads were covered or taken off, it would not be half so bad. I think the woman gets out in the daytime, and I'll tell you why, privately. I've seen her. I can see her out of every one of my windows. It is the same woman, I know, for she is always creeping, and most women do not creep by daylight. I see her in the long, shaded lane, creeping up and down. I see her in those dark grape arbors, creeping all around the garden. I see her on that long road under the trees, and when a carriage comes, she hides under the blackberry vines. I don't blame her a bit. It must be very humiliating to be caught creeping by daylight. I always lock the door when I creep by daylight. I can't do it at night, for I know John would suspect something at once. And John is so queer now that I don't want to irritate him. I wish he would take another room. Besides, I don't want anybody to get that woman out of night but myself. I often wonder if I could see her out of all the windows at once. But turn as fast as I can, I can only see out of one at one time. And though I always see her, she may be able to creep faster than I can turn. I've watched her sometimes away off in the open country, creeping as fast as a cloud shadow in high wind. If only that top pattern could be gotten off from the under one. I mean to try it, little by little. I found out another funny thing, but I shan't tell it this time. It does not do to trust people too much. There are only two more days to get the paper off, and I believe John is beginning to notice. I don't like the look in his eyes, and I heard him ask Jenny a lot of professional questions about me. She had a very good report to give. She said I slept a good deal in the daytime. John knows I don't sleep very well at night. For all I'm so quiet, he asked me all sorts of questions too and pretended to be very loving and kind, as if I couldn't see through him. Still, I don't wonder he acts so. Sleeping under his this paper for three months, it only interests me, but I feel sure John and Jenny are secretly affected by it. Hurrah, this is the last day, but it is enough. John to stay in town overnight and won't be out until this evening. Jenny wanted to sleep with me, the sly thing, but I told her I should undoubtedly rest better for a night all alone. That was clever, for really I wasn't alone a bit. As soon as it was moonlight, that poor thing began to crawl and shake the pattern. I got up and ran to help her. I pulled and she shook. I shook and she pulled, and before morning we had peeled off yards of the paper a strip about as high as my head and half around the room. 
And then when the sun came and that awful pattern began to laugh at me, I declared I would finish it today. We go away tomorrow and they are moving all my furniture down again to leave things as they were before. Jenny looked at the wall in amazement, but I told her merely that I did it out of pure spite at the vicious thing. She laughed and said she wouldn't mind doing it herself, but I must not get tired. How she betrayed herself that time. But I am here and no person touches this paper but me, not alive. She tried to get me out of the room. It was too patent, but I said it was so quiet and empty and clean. Now that I believed I would lie down again and sleep all I could and not to wake me even for dinner, I would call when I woke. So now she's gone and the servants are gone and the things are gone and there's nothing left but the great bedstead nailed down with the canvas mattress we found on it. We shall sleep downstairs tonight and take the boat home tomorrow. I quite enjoy the room. Now it is bare again. How those children did tear about here. This bedstead is fairly gnawed, but I must get to work. I've locked the door and thrown the key down into the front path. I don't want to go out and I don't want to have anybody come in till John comes. I want to astonish him. I've got a rope up here that even Jenny did not find. If that woman does get out and tries to get away, I can tie her but I forgot I could not reach far without anything to stand on. This bed will not move. I tried to lift and push it until I was lame, and then I got so angry I bit off a little piece at one corner, but it hurt my teeth. Then I peeled off all the paper I could reach, standing on the floor. It sticks horribly, and the pattern just enjoys it. All those strangled heads and bulbous eyes and waddling fungus growths just shriek with derision. I'm getting angry enough to do something desperate. To jump out of the window would be admirable, exercise but the bars are too strong even to try besides i wouldn't do it of course not i know well enough that a step like that is improper and might be misconstrued i don't like to look out of the windows even there are so many of those creeping women and they creep so fast i wonder if they all come out of that wallpaper as i did but i am securely fastened now by my well-hidden rope you don't get me out in the road there I suppose I shall have to get back behind the pattern when it comes night, and that is hard. It is so pleasant to be out in this great room and creep around as I please. I don't want to go outside. I won't, even if Jenny asks me to. For outside, you have to creep on the ground, and everything is green instead of yellow. But here I can creep smoothly on the floor, and my shoulder just fits in that long smooch around the wall, so I cannot lose my way. Why, there's John at the door. It is no use, young man. You can't open it. How he does call and pound. Now he's crying for an axe. It would be a shame to break down that beautiful door. John, dear, said I in the gentlest voice, the key is down by the front steps under the plantain leaf. That silenced him for a few moments. Then he said very quietly indeed, open the door, my darling. I can't, said I. The key is down by the front door under a plantain leaf. And then I said it again several times, very gently and slowly, and said it so often that he had to go and see, and he got it, of course, and came in. He stopped short by the door. What is the matter? He cried. For God's sake, what are you doing? I kept on creeping just the same, but I looked at him over my shoulder. I've got out at last, said I, in spite of you and Jane, and I've pulled off most of the paper, so you can't put me back. Now why should that man have fainted? But he did, and right across my path by the wall, so I had to creep over him every time. The end. Well, that is very symbolic. I think it's really interesting how her being barred up and kept a certain way is how she was like 
thinking about herself, it was paralleled with the wallpaper. Also, if I really zoom out, I could see how people like interpret mentally ill women or people who have a mental illness flair that they're like seen as broken or weak or something when that's really not what it is. And it also shows like how vulnerable this population can be, whether this population meaning femmes, people who just gave birth, people with mental illness, people with physical illness, um, people with invisible disability. Like there's a lot to process from that. And I think she's like a really good author. (laughs) I'm really impressed with her work. Um, I think it's really interesting what she decided to write. I may be wrong in saying this, but I think that she had a postpartum episode of some sort, whether it was like postpartum psychosis or postpartum depression. I can't remember exactly which. And that's the thing is they're really common. It's like nothing to, it's nothing to like look down on and there's medicine for it. Like that. And there's, and there's support for it even back in her day. Um, but there's this stigma with it. So I think that she did such a good job, like drawing parallels with that and like also showing that not just her, but like all these other women had been stifled when trying to like, quote, escape, you know, but I'd love to hear your takes on this story. Um, I'd love to know if you've read it before, if this was your first time hearing it, maybe first time hearing it a long time, or maybe you just read it and this is your second time hearing it because there's lots of different ways you can interpret her work. And I think that's what makes it so astounding. But thanks for listening to the Yellow Wallpaper Part 2, and I will talk to you next week. Thanks to all you spooky souls out there for listening to Creepycore and Folklore. Follow on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and TikTok if you're looking for more uncanny content. If you have your own tales to tell, you can email creepycoreandfolklore at gmail.com. If you liked this, please leave a review wherever you get your podcasts or tell a friend who might enjoy these stories to spread the word. If you're interested in dark fantasy, check out my Hollowverse series. Ashes is available now in paperback and ebook on Amazon and audiobook on Audible. And the sequel is underway. I'm Iona Wayland, and I'll see you next time.